The American Council of the Blind presents ACB Reports, a monthly news magazine featuring topics of interest to people who are blind or have low vision. I'm Mike Duke. This month... An update from the National Library Service for the Blind and Physically Handicapped. Welcome to ACB Reports for September 2016. Karen Kenninger is the director of the National Library Service for the Blind and Physically Handicapped, better known to patrons as NLS. On July 4th of this year, she addressed the General Assembly of the Conference and Convention of the American Council of the Blind. She was introduced to the Assembly by ACB Vice President Jeff Tom. I have a fairly lengthy um, biographical statement, but I'm not going to use much of it. Um, because we know Karen Kenninger. She is one of us, she is a user of services, and she is really uh, an advocate for us. For four years, she served as the director of the National Library Service for the Blind and Physically Handicapped in the Library of Congress. Among her many accomplishments are the development of iOS and Android apps, expanding the number of titles available, and enhancing BARD, and just doing everything she can to give us more options and more content. So to tell us more about developments and updates on what's going on at NLS, here is Karen Kenninger. It is wonderful to be here. I was so sorry I wasn't able to be here last year. I'm so pleased to be here today. Um, this weekend, on my way to Minneapolis, I spent a couple of days with my kids, and one of the things that we were able to share was the Game of Thrones. Now, you either do like Game of Thrones or you don't, or you haven't read it, whatever, it doesn't really matter, but, but what mattered to me was that I got there on Friday night to my son's house in Winona, and he said, have you finished the newest season? And I said, no, I haven't finished it yet. He said, get downstairs, sit down, and finish it. Because we've got to talk about it, and we can't tell you about it until you've read it, because you'll, we'll spoil it for you. So I, <laughs> I spent a few hours, you know, finishing up the Game of Thrones. Now, the, the reason I tell you this is that the only way that that show made any sense to me was because of described audio. <laughs> And because of described audio, which this organization has worked so hard to get more and more of, I was able not only to really enjoy, sit on the edge of my seat and wonder what was going to happen next and be shocked when it did, but I was also able to discuss with the kids the, these events and, and understand as well as they did what was going on. So thank you very much, ACB, for all of that work. Knowledge is power. Information is liberating. And education is the premise of progress. This is what Kofi Annan said. He's the former um, Secretary General of the United Nations, the Peace Prize winner. And we all know that it's true. Knowledge is power, and information is how we have that knowledge. So as the National Library Service moves forward, our role in providing information to you 
in one form or another continues to expand and become more and more critical because we know that if we don't have access to the information, we cannot participate in work, we cannot participate in our families, we cannot participate in our communities. We wouldn't know what was going on with this fabulous election process that Mr. Mossop mentioned. <laughs> we would be in the dark, as it were. Now, back in the early days of, of the National Library Service, and, and before that, I've been looking at material that's been provided to blind people back in the 1800s, for instance. And it was largely religious stuff, which was well and good, but only went so far, and some classics. We need access to literature, and we need access to information of all kinds. So the National Library Service, since you know, 1931, we've been providing access to literature. We've been providing access to information in the form of public library materials. And we continue to be a public library. But we cannot continue to be what we were in 1931. In fact, we can't continue to be what we were in 1981 or even 2005 or whatever because the world is changing so quickly. So NFB, NLS, pardon me, is <laughs> all these ends. The National Library Service for the Blind and Physically Handicapped, me, us, <laughs> we are working on several initiatives um, to expand access to knowledge for you all and for me. So I want to talk a little bit about some of those things and the approaches that we're taking. But before I get into all of that, let me talk very briefly about our partnership with the Bureau of Engraving and Printing. As you know, um, because of the lawsuit that you initiated, the Bureau of Engraving and Printing is providing currency readers to everybody who wants them. And I just wanted to give you a very quick update on that. We at NLS have a group of people who are working on the nuts and bolts of that distribution and processing all of the um, applications and initiating the, the mailing of these things. We've sent out about 40,000 currency readers at this point. Technology keeps changing and NLS is in the first generation basically, maybe the second generation of our Braille program. You know, in 1931 we were getting books transcribed and then we were sending them out to people through our network libraries and that hasn't changed any. We are doing about 500 titles a year. We do about 30 magazines or so a year. And it's hard copy Braille. And it, it's very high quality hard copy Braille. And that's a very good thing. I believe very strongly in Braille. So do these dogs. And, and so I, I, I want to see NLS move forward in its Braille program. So there are a couple of things that we're doing, one of which is that we've reintroduced tactiles to our Braille program. I believe that there are some things that the only way that you can really understand them is to see them. And so in some instances, some of the books that we provide, we are putting maps and other types of tactile drawings in there so that you can really understand what they're talking about, and I'm very proud of that fact. They had been missing for too long. Another thing that we are doing with our Braille program is kind of there are two parts to the technology side of it and I think they're both extremely important. One is that I believe that everyone who is a Braille reader or should be a Braille reader <laughs> should have access to a refreshable Braille display 
so that you can read NLS materials in Braille, and so that if you pair it with another device, you can read any darn thing you want to in Braille. NLS is moving mountains, trying to anyway. That would be Congress. Um, <laughs> to, to get the uh, legislation changed that actually authorizes our funding so that we will be able to spend money on refreshable Braille devices. We have a bill in Congress. Um, it is called the 2016 Library of Congress Modernization Act of 2016, I guess. And one of the sections in there is to change that legislation just enough so that we would be able to provide refreshable displays. As you are probably aware, the industry of refreshable Braille is changing. And with the debut of a device this last spring that would cost about $500 as opposed to, say, $4,000 or whatever, this becomes not yet a reality, but a hope that we will be able to, through the National Library Program, do this. So we're hoping that this legislation will be passed, and once it is, we will begin the process of implementing refreshable Braille devices at the same level as our talking book machines are currently in the program. And they'll be available to everyone. Now, a second thing with regard to Braille that we're working on is a new electronic format. Right now, what we have is a flat file. It's a BRF file. Those of you who use it understand what I'm talking about. You can't navigate it the way you can a talking book. But I think you should be able to. If you've got an electronic file, you ought to be able to jump to the chapters. You ought to be able to jump to bookmarks. You ought to be able to, to do all the things with a refreshable Braille file that you can do with a talking book. And then maybe some more, like you could link the table of contents right to the beginning of the chapter and all those kinds of things. So we are working on a new eBraille format that will enable that kind of navigation in an NLS Braille book. It'll be based on EPUB 3, which just in the beginning stages of development, but I'm hoping that in the next couple of years, in conjunction with a new eBraille reader, we'll, we'd be able to roll it out. And we'll probably initiate it in the apps to begin with. So those are the two major um, technical things that we're doing around Braille at this point. Another thing that we have been doing since 2009, it's taking a while, is to retire our cassette collection and our cassette machines. Now, some people, maybe some of you are some of those people, love our cassette machines. Uh, yeah, me either. <laughs> but there are people who, who do want, you know, this conversion has been a little bit slow, and part of the reason is that a lot of the material that we have is still not available in the digital format. And we want to make sure that you can read everything that you want. There's series that started out, oh, in the you know, earlier years that have continued that people want that are still on cassette and some of that. So the solution to that is to convert all of our cassette titles to digital format. So in order to do that... We have been doing about 6,000 a year, but you know. <laughs> but we decided that we would just finish the job and get it over with. So we think that within that, we've got about 13 or 14,000 titles left, and we figure that within another year, we'll be done. They'll all be digitized. 
Once they're digitized, that doesn't mean that we'll put them on cartridges per se. But what we will do is have them available on BARD, but not... I know that everyone here is not a BARD user. I understand that. I wish you all were, but I know there are reasons that you're not. So if you know retro titles that you want, your network library can get them for you. Many of the network libraries are doing duplication on demand projects for patrons. They are making cartridges with books that people particularly want. Some of the libraries are doing, whole, like putting a whole series on a cartridge. There's different models out there. So many of the libraries are able to fulfill those requests directly for you. Some of the libraries are very small and don't have the staff to do that. And some of the sub-regional libraries and that sort of thing. But they all have access to all of this material by asking for interlibrary loan through the multi-state centers. So essentially all this material is available to everyone. And if you have a, a desire for something, talk to your reader's advisors, they can get it for you. So I'm very pleased to tell you that there are 95,000 or so titles on BARD right now. We're working our way up to 100,000. A game changer out there is the Marrakesh Treaty. Now, I thought Charles was going to tell you about this, but he didn't, so I will. <laughs> because on June 30th, Canada was the 20th country to ratify the Marrakesh Treaty. Hooray, Canada! So the countries who have ratified the treaty will, after the end of September, actually on September 30th, it will go into force, and they will be able to exchange materials across borders without having to seek publisher permission. This will be a very, very important way of sharing materials so there's less duplication of effort. This will be a very important way for some of the less developed countries to actually make some material available to their patrons or the people who live in those countries. This will not be a way for me to borrow Canadian books. And the reason is that the United States has not ratified, so we're not part of the group, so we can't do anything. So Canada and Australia, they're in, but the U.S. is not. The president has sent a package to the Congress to ratify the treaty, and that was sent in February. And to date, I am unaware of any official action that has occurred. The Senate, per se, has to ratify the treaty. It's going to, if, it gets, if they get to it, the package includes some, some things that will be very helpful to our program as well. For instance, right now, with the Chafee Amendment, we are able to transcribe anything that is not music and not dramatic works. But if they were to go forward with these changes, which would be required by the Marrakesh Treaty, we would actually not have those copyright restrictions on music and dramatic works. So that would be a simpler thing for the libraries to do, and we'd be able to make more of that kind of material available. So if you have an opportunity to advocate for the Marrakesh Treaty, and I'm sure you do, uh, go for it. <laughs> <laughs> Let me talk to you a little bit about BARD. We have been working on BARD as, as a very important aspect of our program, and I'll tell you a little bit more about that in a minute. But for today, 
you may have realized that we have set it up so that you can get a magazine subscription with BARD. So basically you can sign up for the magazines that you like and when the next issue comes available on BARD, you will get a notification that it is there if you want it. You can either have an email notification or not. And then it will pop into your wish list so that it'll be right there for you to download if you want it. So that's one of the things we've implemented. We're working on doing the same kind of thing with a series so that when the next Game of Thrones finally comes in, um, <laughs> I'll be able to get it. I'll be, be notified about it. We do have series added to BARD. It's been a while, but we've got series information in there now too, which is, is very important for a lot of people. The searching functions on BARD are adequate if you're really a skilled searcher, but they're not ideal. They're not Google. You know, Google really set the standard for searching, and that makes life a little tricky for people like us who have to try to match it. So, but we are working on a much more robust search capability, which we hope to deploy this fall on BARD. One of the kind of hidden pieces of BARD that I always love to talk about is the music section, because we think of the music section in BARD as, you know, stuff like oh, I don't know, Haydn and Beethoven, piano scores, and some of this pretty sophisticated stuff that some of you are really good at and I am really terrible at. But there's other things there that are really kind of fun. And if you go and look at it, or if you ask your, your network librarian to look at it, there are some things, or, or call the music section, but there's some fun things in there. For one, for one thing, we've got access to the Smithsonian Folkways collection, which has got hundreds of CDs. And what we've done with those is to put them into to NLS talking book format, but put the liner notes in with them so that you could actually listen to the music and know who was playing and, and all the details about it, or you can skip over that by pushing the right buttons if you don't want to hear it. But there's a lot of fun stuff on there, and my, I'm encouraging them to keep going because it's um, got some really interesting things. So check that out. We also have a music blog which talks about a lot of the things that are in our collection and it's on the, the Library of Congress website and it's updated every week and it's a lot of fun. There's some good information for anybody who's got any interest at all in music, whether you are talentless like me or have a great talent like that pianist that was playing during the break. The magazine program, just an update on that. Um, we are added 14 new magazines to the magazine program for everyone. We've added the AARP magazine and their bulletin, also um, O, um, which is pretty popular, and um, 10 other magazines that are locally produced that are, that are network qualified. So check that out. Ask your network librarians. There's a lot more material there. Our magazine program is kind of stabilized at about 40,000 people. I suspect but part of the reason there for the numbers is that people aren't as aware of the really cool things that are in that magazine program as they might be. So check that out if you're at all interested. We extended the loan time on the magazines too. I know that was kind of an issue, um, but we discovered that we, we can give longer loans. And another thing that's been an issue with the magazine program is the talking book topics because we had separated, thinking it wasn't going to be a big deal, and it turned out to be a big deal, separated the order form from the audio version. So starting in September, you will, if you are an audio Talking Book Topics subscriber, you will get your audio Talking Book Topics on, on cartridge inside a big envelope 
with the talking book topics order form right there with it. Now you will still have to send the cartridge back and there'll be, it'll come inside the envelope inside of a, a mailing container. But you will have, it, it, we hope that will be helpful to everyone. We do listen to you. We heard these people saying, this does not work for me. And so it's okay, we gotta do something else. So that's what we've done. The mobile apps are continually under ongoing development. The iOS app was updated in June, on June 3rd to version 1.1.1. This (laughs) does it, while while this version, according to my people, does not contain new user configuration stuff, it does eliminate some bugs and improve performance and complete compatibility with Apple's latest system, which was like 9, 10's coming out, so there'll be issues again, but 1.1 was released in October, and the big thing that it added was your friendly sleep timer. So, but another thing that was added is the ability to sideload into Bard Mobile the um, stuff from, the, like the APH magazines, which were a real problem. So if you're a Reader's Digest reader or some of those, you can now sideload those and read them in Bard Mobile if you prefer. Um, the Android app was updated on May 31st to version 1.0.3, and this adds the sleep timer, which of course is very important. It also adds support for Bluetooth and wired headphone controls and some other things. So if you're an Android user, be sure that you get that and take a look at it. Um, We have what's called an API, which is an application programming interface. And this is what is used by BARD to talk to to the website, to, to BARD Mobile, I mean. But it's also used by the Humanware Victor Stream and by the HIMS hardware to access BARD. And Dolphin and Harjan are also adding features that are using this API. We've got several other partners who are, are looking at it and working on it. But what this will do is give you some more options if you don't want to use the NLS player but you want access to BARD, um, this will give you more, more options for that. BARD is really a really important part of the NLS program, but it has really been a frustration to some of you, um, those of you who are using a computer, a PC, but find it really kind of difficult to figure out once you hit that download button, where in the world did my book go, and how in the heck do I get it from here to there once I find it? Um, This has been an ongoing problem and a heavy support burden for our network libraries. And we, within the last year or so, were approached by a person who is a programmer and his wife and son both are users of the NLS program and said, why don't I build you a utility that would actually solve that problem? And we said, ah, okay. (laughs) And he did. And so it's in beta test now. It's called BART Express. It's a PC-based utility that will allow you to find your books on BARD without using the BARD interface per se. Um, and, and then you'll be able to click a button and they will go, with two steps, they will go onto your cartridge or your thumb drive without having to figure out how to unzip them and how to transfer them and all of that. So we are working on these kind of near-term things, and it looks like I'm a little out of time, but I'm going to take a little privilege and give you a couple more minutes, because where we are going is very important, and I want you to know it. We are going 
to wireless delivery within the next five years. Now, what that means is that we will have a new talking book machine that will be wired or be connected either to the internet or to the 4G or whatever it is, the cell, cell system. How that will work, I do not have the answers. We are doing a lot of research, a lot of study, but the goal is wireless delivery directly to your machines so that your network library can push them out to you if that's what you want. And a lot of people do just say, when I finish this one, I say, I'm done, and then you send me a new one. No more waiting in, for the mail. No more, is this a red one or a blue one or a green one or a purple one or a pink one? Um, no more worrying about which, one, which cartridge goes in which, which container, whether your magazines are late. There won't be any deadlines on those anymore. All of this will come directly to your machine if that's what you want set up. And you also were trying to figure out an interface so that you could actually order directly from your machine as well. So complete wireless delivery from both directions is our goal. And I'm hoping that within five years, we will have it ready. We've started the build out this year for the infrastructure that it's going to take to accommodate that. And I'm very excited to say that we're moving forward. Thank you. That was Karen Kinninger, director of the National Library Service for the Blind and Physically Handicapped, recorded in Minneapolis, Minnesota, on July 4, 2016. You've been listening to ACB Reports, heard on radio information services nationwide on side four of the Braille Forum cassette edition and throughout the world on acbradio.org. ACB Reports is produced at Radio Reading Service of Mississippi, a service of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Contact the American Council of the Blind online at acb.org or phone 800-424-8666. Thanks for listening, and please join us again next month for another ACB Reports.